You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi guys, this is Adi from Bangalore, recording episode 4 of the Corona Diaries. So, it's a hot summer evening in Bangalore, and uh, I'm really grateful for technologies like ceiling fans and desktop fans which make life bearable in these times. So, I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, outside my house there's a cat that has been making a hell of a racket all evening. And uh, we tried to approach the cat, we tried to make friends with it, we tried to give it milk, but all to no avail. So, I'm not sure what the cat wants. Maybe it's hungry, maybe it's about to give birth. And I'm really worried about the stray animals during the lockdown. India is actually one of the few countries where it's really commonplace to see stray animals living freely in cities. Um, It's quite common to find dogs and cats and, and cows, of course, the animal that India is most famous for, but it's cows. But um, during normal times, Uh, These animals are fed by street vendors or shopkeepers or kind Samaritans. But I don't know who's feeding them now. So actually there's a lady around the corner from my house who sells fruits. So she has um, raised three generations of street street dogs. And uh, two of these dogs have grown up around in my garden. Um, Brownie and uh, her daughter... Chiku and uh, normally when we come back from work or whenever we leave the house it's really exciting to see these dogs run up to us and jump up and play with us but I haven't seen them around in a while and I tried to look for them but I couldn't find them and now that the lady is not there anymore I don't know who's feeding them so I hope they're okay I've seen a few social media websites asking for donations to feed stray animals. But uh, I doubt that um, it's very easy to feed them in these times, especially because people are unable to get out and uh, food is hard to come by. So, you know, actually the cat giving birth reminds me of a childhood story. And and, uh, when, when I was younger, we had a stray cat um, that we adopted and the cat actually got us evicted from our house because it gave birth um, on the landlord's bed while they were away so hearing this cat outside has brought back all those memories from my childhood but I hope it's okay um, if it's still around tomorrow I'll try try again to make friends with it And uh, but I think now it's time to do the usual round of uh, navel gazing as an employee in the corporate sector. So, word on the street is that uh, Bangalore companies are asking their employees to work weekends to meet sales targets because of the pandemic. Many companies have had to shut operations. So, those working from home have had to work extra to make up for lost revenue. And uh, if you're part of a team, uh, especially if you're in charge of a team, it's your job to get the message across to your 
teammates that they now have to work extra hours in order to compensate for some arbitrary sales targets that some investor somewhere else decided. And I can't imagine the plight of um, a team manager, especially somebody who has a conscience, who has to now you know, speak to their team uh, mates and then say, hey guys, I know you've been working really hard, but now it's time to push yourselves even harder. It's time to give up your health and uh, it's time to give up your mental well-being so that we can meet the sales targets. So I wonder what kind of economic system creates these companies which value sales targets over their employees' health. And uh, I wonder what kind of education system creates these managers who, without blinking an eye, are able to ask their teammates to work harder, to work long hours. I mean, they tell you that they'll pay you overtime, but no overtime can compensate for somebody's um, stress or for somebody, you know, getting really, getting really sick um, from working too hard. Because I know in Japan there's this condition called death by overwork, so people can literally work themselves to death. And uh, I, that's what I started to think about, is that once this pandemic is over and uh, we move back to normal, the normal will still be a world where employees are peeing in water bottles because they can't take uh, toilet breaks. And, uh, you know, a world where people are sleeping on the streets while pe other people are buying their fourth house. So if that's the kind of normal that we're going to return to, then I don't know if I want to return to it. Of course, I miss hugging my partner, but uh, other than that, I don't know if I want to return to that normal. But a lot of employees are now forced to accept these terms because, uh, you know, in the, uh, once the pandemic is over and the economy starts to crumble, many people will be out of jobs and uh, companies are going to start using these times to leverage and, uh, you know, they're going to start almost forcing their employees to accept generally intolerable working conditions because what's the alternative? Do you want to wait in employment? At least in, in parts of the Western world, they have the option of social security. We don't even have that in India. So people have no choice but to continue to subject themselves to these working conditions. And why is it that the working class always has to bear the brunt of any economic collapse? I mean, I guess, you know, I'm part of those people in the country who have had formal education. So we might not be as, as bad off as somebody with no formal education. But why is it that the working class always has to bear the brunt of any economic collapse? Why do I never see CEOs getting sacked? Why do I always see um, workers and, you know, unskilled workers getting sacked? That's not right. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, surveillance, which I usually do in all of my podcasts. That's the general pattern. So sticking with the theme, I want to talk about two uh, apps that the 
Indian governments have, uh, I said governments because, you know, there's an app that the state, state government of Kerala has launched and there's an app that the central government has launched. So the central government has launched this app called um, Arogya Setu, which means Health Bridge. And uh, Arogya Setu actually, the aim of this app is to essentially sensitize you about people in your vicinity who have been exposed to COVID-19. So it looks at your Bluetooth information and it looks at your GPS data in order to create a map of um, COVID-19 cases around you. And uh, if you've been diagnosed, it wants other people about you. So, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I do believe that these technologies can help us deal with these um, pandemics better. And other countries have employed these technologies. But uh, in a country where there is actually no concrete legislation to deal with breach of data privacy, I don't know how safe our data is, especially when there is a lack of transparency in terms of storage of data and uh, in terms of knowing how the data is going to be used. You know, it really makes me unwilling to install this app. But uh, I think in the coming few weeks I might have to because they are saying that they might use this app as a sort of e-pass to allow you to move between cities. So if I want to go see my partner once this lockdown is over, I have to show them this app and say that, hey, look, I'm clear, you can let me go now. And uh, the state government of Kerala also got into a bit of trouble because they launched their own app in partnership with a U.S.-based company. And uh, their app came under fire because of, again, the same reason that uh, the data storage was not transparent. And though the government in Kerala has made attempts to, you know, they've released some of the documents of the software agreement online, but it's sort of not allayed the fears of people. So it remains to be seen how things will turn out in the age of surveillance. But uh, that's my time. Thanks for listening. I hope you're all well and happy. Bye-bye.